0: Have I got me? You got me. If you know how it feels to be free, stand up and give the Lord praise. Praise Him. I thank God for this holiday. I thank God for Independence Day. I thank God for the freedoms that we enjoy in the United States of America. But I thank God more that this is how it feels to be free. And it is a freedom that no man can give and no man can take away. Thank God for the freedom that is inside. If you're going to be turning in your Bibles this morning to the book of John, chapter 8, let me give you something real quick while you're turning in your Bibles. I'm going to ask you, if you would, at the end of this service to please, please, nobody leave. Fixing scare everybody to death. We're going to do a business meeting at the end of the service. (gasps) So what we will do, if you have anybody in junior church, they're going to bring those guys over. Everybody will be here after the service. We're going to do a couple of videos. Be awesome. Time to worship here together. To give you a minute to run back here. If you have children on the hallway back here of the treehouse ministries or in the nursery, I'm going to give you time to run. Get your children. And I say time is 10 minutes tops. Get back in here so that everybody can be here, and we're going to do something real quick after the service. Got some really exciting news. I've been having to sit on this for about two or three weeks. I didn't want to mix it in with all that's been going on in the celebration and the dinner and all um, last week, but I, I'm asking all of you, if you would, to stay. Visitors, you're also welcome to stay. It's not that kind of a business meeting. It's something you're going to want to be a part of. It's something you're going to want to see about the direction of Faith Baptist Church, so you'll be welcome to stay. Uh, welcome to stay here with us. But for right now, we're going to take a look into the Word of God. Right now, we're going to do the best thing that we came to do today, and that's look, well, I don't know. Worship's got to be up there with it. Hearing, hearing the Word of God is, is, now I can do without that. I already can't see. Um, hearing the Word of God um, is certainly top priority for our life. But there's something about worship, corporate worship, praise, singing, singing together in one accord. I, y'all enjoy that? Especially when singing, this is how it feels to be free. Man, man, I love it, love it. So, so we're going to look at one text this morning, one verse for our subject text here in the book of John chapter 8. I want to look, obviously, this morning at the subject of freedom. I'm going to read you one right here. John chapter 8, verse 36. I'm going to read it right here. One verse. Everybody got it? If the Son, S-O-N, not S-U-N. If the Son, not just any Son, the only begotten Son. If the Son, not just anybody that came from heaven, but the one Jesus Christ. The only begotten of the, of the, of the Son of God, the, the first born from the dead, the one that came and paid the price. The, the text says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Mm, God, thank you so much for the freedom that we enjoy. God, I thank you for the United States of America. I thank you for the men that you sent across the water that you planted in this place. I thank you for the battles that have fought, Lord, for the lines that have crossed to bring us all together in one accord as one nation. All peoples come together, brought together by you. But God, it's all for your goodness and for your glory. God, I thank you for the freedoms that we share to be able to come right here in corporate worship and gather together freedom without worrying about anybody breaking down the doors. God, most of all, we thank you for the freedom through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the freedom that washed away all of our sins, the freedom that removed all of our guilt, not that we're not guilty, but that you no longer hold us accountable for it because of what Jesus did. God, I thank you for the freedom that we have from the grave, that death and hell has no strings tied to us and no hold against us. God, thank you that we can come in here and celebrate freedom in Christ. We love you, God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take just a few minutes. I know we had a couple of extra things going this morning. We've got a meeting, and I don't want to tie up your whole July 3rd Sunday morning, but I do want to take... Just a few minutes. You know, from the very beginning, the United States of America has always been a land that has stood for freedom. On July 4th, 1881, says the Statue of Liberty was a gift from the French people commemorating the alliance of France and the United States during the American Revolution. A line from a poem, The New Colossus, by the 19th century American poet Emma Lazarus, the New Colossus describing the Statue of Liberty appears on a plaque at the base of the statue. And part of that... Um, poem says give me your tired your poor your huddled masses yearning to breathe free the wretched refuse of your teeming shore for 141 years she has stood over the harbor there at new york city she has watched As the United States of America has gone from a proud, God-fearing, God-leading country that sent missionaries out of that harbor as she watched a ship sail out and go to all parts of the world to carry the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the globe, she's watched as we've gone from a nation sending out missionaries by the thousands to a nation who has in large part turned their back on God. God help us. Over the past several years, America has passed laws to call things legal that God himself calls an abomination. America has tried to take God and prayer out of the schools. We wonder why they're in the shape they're in. America has tried to take God out of the government And I would say they've successfully done that with that crew. America has tried to take God out of the business place. America has tried to to take God out of the sports arenas so that there's no prayer at sporting events. As early as 1962, the case of Engel versus Vitale, the Supreme Court declared that public prayer in public schools violated the Establishment Clause. Well... Praise God for a new Supreme Court. A high school coach at Dorsey High in Washington State was placed on leave after praying on the 50 yard line after a football game. On Monday, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the coach. One article reads the Supreme Court, yeah, go ahead. One article reads, the Supreme Court on Monday sided with a football coach from Washington State who sought to kneel and pray on the field after games. The court ruled 6-3 to along ideological lines for the coach. The justices said that the coach's prayer was protected by the First Amendment. Praise God somebody finally read the First Amendment and understood (laughs) that it exists. Justice Neil Gorsuch wrote for the majority, the Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect, and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. The case forced the justices to wrestle with how to balance the religious and free speech and rights of teachers and coaches with the rights of students not to feel pressured into participating in religious practices. The outcome could strengthen the acceptability of some religious practices in the public school setting. The decision is also in the latest line of Supreme Court rulings for religious plaintiffs. In another recent example, the court ruled that Maine cannot exclude religious schools from programs that offers tuition and aid for private education, a decision that could ease religious organizations' access to taxpayer money. If the heathen has the right to freedom of speech, if the moral has the right the immoral has a right to, to, to freedom of speech. If the world in all of their filth and endeavors has the right to freedom of speech, then so does the child of God. Thank God for a court that finally stood up and realized it. George Washington said, If freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. President Grover Cleveland was doing an acceptance speech for the Statue of Liberty, gave the speech on October 28, 1886. He said, we will not forget that liberty has made her home, nor shall her chosen altar be neglected. In that, it says a symbol stands for an idea. The Statue of Liberty stands in upper New York Bay, a universal symbol of freedom, originally conceived as an emblem of the friendship between the people of France and the U.S. and a sign of their mutual desire for liberty. Over the years, the statue has become much more. It is the mother of exiles, greeting millions of immigrants and embodying hope and opportunity for those seeking a better life in America. It stirs the desire for freedom in people all over the world. It represents the United States itself. The United States of America has always boasted itself as being the, the land of the free, the home of the brave. It is always claimed to be the land of freedom and opportunity to all people, but that includes the unborn child. But back on January twenty second, 1973, the Supreme Court issued in a 7-2 decision in favor of Jane Roe or Norma McCovey, the decision that allowed the murder of innocent babies all over America. Can, can I just plug in? People's opinion don't matter to me, the Bible matters to me, it's all that matters. Abortion is not freedom of choice. You have a choice whether or not to take your britches off. If you keep your britches on, you ain't gotta worry about it. If you do things God's way and do it inside the sanctity of marriage, you ain't gotta worry about it. But if you do things the world way and you make your choice, The result of the choice that they abort that, that is still murder in the eyes of God. Can I plug one in right here before y'all turn me off real quick on live stream? Abortion is not the unforgivable sin. It's just another sin. It's no worse than my sin. No worse than our sin. I, I realize a lot of people have been through that. Sin is sin, but praise God that grace is greater than sin. Grace is greater than all my failures, all my mistakes. So, so grace is sufficient, and it boils down to what can we do for God now? Praise God, our past is past through Jesus Christ. Pew Research Centers conducted many surveys about abortion over the years. One such survey is how many abortions are there in the United States each year? Then it says an exact answer is hard to come by. Isn't it sad that we can murder so many unborn children in a single year that we can't even keep count? That doesn't bother anybody but me? Latest study in 2017, after contacting every known provider of abortions, clinics, hospitals, and physicians' offices in the country, there's an estimated 862,320 abortions annually. The CDC tries to say that those numbers are inflated. I don't know how you inflate it if you call the hospitals and the doctors, and that's the numbers that they gave you, the abortions that they perform. But the CDC says, oh, that's too high. It's only 625,346 a year. Even at their number, we have ab- aborted more than 30 million babies in a term called legally by that that was passed. Thomas Jefferson said, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. The Civil War here in America is obviously the greatest casualty of soldiers in American history. As a matter of fact, the number of military, the number of soldiers, the people that died during the Civil War almost exceeds the number of all military lives lost during all other wars combined. The American soldier death toll over all American wars is 1,284,702 soldiers. That's not just soldiers. That's moms and dads, husbands and wives, sons and daughters, best friends, soldiers, brave men and women who gave their life to defend the rights to life, the rights of freedom in the United States of America even to the unborn child. But while we've lost nearly 1.3 million American soldiers defending freedom, we have murdered over 30 million innocent unborn babies who never had a chance to enjoy the freedom. Nine days ago, June 24, 2022, the Supreme Court of the United States of America said, Not anymore. Thank you, thank you, thank you thank you the battle's far from over states are still making decisions. there's still things being put there but praise god for for step one there are people protesting all over america that their rights have been infringed upon no they haven't you still have the same right keep your zipper zipped and you'll have no problems you have a control over the choice you have no control over the consequences. Pope John Paul II said, freedom consists not in doing what we like, but in the right to do what we ought. Jeremiah chapter 1, God told Jeremiah in verse number 5, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee and I ordain thee a prophet unto the nation. That tells me that God already knew before he ever put him in the womb. And if God is no respecter of persons, then God already knew Jeremiah, then God already knew you. And God already knew everybody else out there. And God already knew every aborted baby before they're ever born. Throughout the scripture, God affirms the value of every human life, from the children in the womb all the way to the elderly. Somebody else that this country seems to be turning their back on. Psalms 139, verse 13 says, For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. Psalms 127.3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Thomas Jefferson said, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with uncertain, unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That is a freedom that we are given by the Constitution of the United States of America, but that is a freedom that must be continually fought for. The the freedoms that, that we enjoy in this country are always at stake. There are nations around the world who despise the United States of America because of the freedom and the things that we enjoy and the things that we stand for. So it's something that is always Fought for. Freedom is never free. Amen. Somebody paid for you and I to stand here. Every one of us in this place, I'm sure without fail, every one of us in here has lost at least one person in the military in times of war. It didn't come for free. But there is a freedom that they sang about. This is how it feels to be free. No man can take it away. No no man can hinder it. No man can steal it. No man can snatch it up. And that is the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Here at our text, we get it from John chapter 8. But in John chapter 8, it starts out, Jesus Christ is at the Mount of Olives. He's teaching his disciples, and he's, he's talking about things of God and sharing some things with them. And, and the good old Pharisees come running in and want to stir up a bunch of stuff. And they bring in a woman, and they say, we've caught this woman in the very act of adultery man she was caught right in the middle of it and they said now the law says that she is to be stoned what do you say Jesus so they did this obviously to test him right y'all don't mind if I paraphrase the story a little bit to get along right Jesus kneels down he's writing in the sand and, and they're like did you hear us The the woman's caught in adultery. The law says stoner. What do you say? Jesus stands up, and in effect, this is what he says. If I could add a little bit, I'm not adding to the word of God. I'm just kind of putting it in. He basically says, you're right. You're right. Knock yourself out. The law says stoner. Stoner. But, but, but. But, ye who are without sin, let him be the first to cast a stone. So they all threw their rocks down. They all got mad. They went away. And in verse number 10, Jesus lifted up himself, and he saw none but the woman. He said unto her, woman, where are those nine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go. Sin no more. Free from sin. Free from guilt. Free from condemnation. Now, Jesus... He leaves from the Mount of Olives, and and he goes down to Jerusalem, and and he's inside the temple, and he's teaching, and the Pharisees come again. Verse number 31, Jesus said to those which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. In verse 31 and verse 32, he said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But then the Pharisees, they got to come throw their two cents worth in. They have said, We be Abraham's seed. We're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou? You shall be made free. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. The servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. And then we have our text for the morning. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I don't get involved in the music a lot, but I couldn't help but ask them to sing that song this morning. This is how it feels to be free. Oh, it feels good to be free in America. It feels good to get up this morning in our house, not to worry about anything. Coffee was already made. The timer done been all set around, getting the car and come together as a family to come to the house of God. Some people are on vacations, going where they want to go, doing things they want to do. It feels good to be free in America this morning. Amen? But there ain't nothing like the freedom that if all else was taken away, They can't take the freedom that I have in Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, praise the Lord. Go ahead and thank him for what he's done for us. For those of you, which I hope is all of you, who truly are born again, you have the freedom in Christ. You understand exactly what they're singing about. For those who've never trusted Christ they don't understand the freedom because they've never experienced and it's not something I can explain. it's not something that you can explain how someone can lay in a hospital or even in hospice facing death and not be worried because of the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that the heir of all things, the one the one who loved us, the one who is forever with God, he's the one who has the right and the power to liberate. Men, from all of our bondage, all of our sins, all of our chains, all of our paths, he's the one that said, I'm going to make you free. And if I make you free, you're going to be free indeed. Charles Spurgeon said, the greatest enemy to human souls is the self-righteous spirit, which makes men to look to themselves for salvation. To be truly free has nothing to do with earthly things. To be truly free has nothing to do with the things of this world. To be truly free is to be free from the penalty of sin. To be free from, from the bondage of sin for all of eternity. It is to be free from the bondage of death. John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, Verily, verily I say, and I "Set a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. Verse number 4, Nicodemus asked him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. To be born again is to be free from all sin, past, present, and future. To be born again is to be free from death and hell. For all of eternity. I read a quote this week. It said, freedom is something that dies unless it is used. The gift of God is eternal life. The gift of God is freedom from death, but it has to be used. Hebrews 9:27, we know upon unto man wants to die. After this, the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, and to them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So for those who are born in the flesh but never born in the spirit, then there's never going to be freedom. But for those who are born again, there's a freedom that nothing can take away. We come here this morning to worship about a freedom that can't ever be taken away. Last week, we looked at making a choice. We talked about making choices and the importance of choices. The week before that, we looked at, at what kind of man. We looked at what kind of person we ought to be. And in that, we talked about it as our responsibility to tell our children. It is our responsibility to share the gospel, to, to carry on. We, we looked a little bit at that generation that forgot Joseph and looked back. If you remember, we, we talked about it. We are to tell our children about God. We're to tell our children history, history of the United States of America, history that is perfectly well taught in the school, but you cannot teach the history of the United States of America and not put the Word of God in it. You can't exclude God and teach the truth of the history of this country. God brought this country here. God delivered this country. Men seeking a place to worship God did it, so you cannot teach history without teaching the Word of God. It is our responsibility to teach our children, to help them understand so they understand the cost of freedom, not just the freedom in America, but the freedom that we have in Christ. Ronald Reagan, I told you, said freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, handed down for them to do the same. Freedom that we have in America didn't come for free. Many people have given their lives in order for us to have the freedoms that we have. And the freedom in Jesus Christ didn't come for free. There is a penalty. There there is a suffering. There is a second death which is separated from God. And it is a place called hell. Outer darkness. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Cast into outer darkness. Separated always from God. There is a place called the second death. But there is also freedom from that place. And the freedom from that place is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid that price in full, satisfied the father's wrath, and now he's wrapped it up in a gift and said, here it is. I'm offering you a freedom that nobody can take away. The word of God teaches us that it was better that one should die than all should perish. You know, ironically, you know who, who made that statement? Caiaphas, the high priest. The one who led the charge against Jesus to have him arrested, to have him brought in, the one who carried him before Pilate, he said it's better that one should die than that the whole nation should perish. God can use the world to take care of you. God can use everything around you to take care of you. God can use the people of the world to accomplish His purposes. Amen. Jesus Christ died. Jesus Christ arose. So that we might live, Jesus said, "I'm come, that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly." Boy, th- thank you, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, for the gift of salvation. Thank you, Father, for the gift of Jesus Christ. Man, that that ought that ought to be. You know, I've said it before a few times. When you wake up in the morning, there just ought to be a good morning, Father. I mean, right out of your mouth, good morning, Father. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm telling you, it's a great way to start your day. But it needs to be followed by thank you. Not not just thank you that I woke up today. Thank you that I have another opportunity to serve you. Thank you that I have another opportunity for maybe you to use me to tell somebody about Jesus. But thank you for salvation. Thank you, Father, that I didn't just wake up today. I woke up a child of God. All my sins forgiven. But as children of God, we have another gift that gift is called prayer. God himself gave us the gift of prayer, the right to pray, the freedom to pray. Charles Spurgeon again, he says, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It's far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Hebrews chapter 4 says in verse 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we have this unlimited access to the throne room of Almighty God to pray. This morning, I want us to do just that. I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm I'm, going to ask for all that can if we can come to the altar this morning. I'm going to ask as many as can. I understand that some can't, and that's perfectly fine. Pray right where you are. It doesn't change. It's not position of the body, position of the heart. But I do believe in the gathering for the altar, as many as can. But I'm going to ask if we could all come together and pray this morning, but, but I want us to do more than just pray for this country. Anybody believe that this country needs us to pray for it? Before we get to any of that, I want us to thank God for it. Before we get to any of that, thank God for those who, who have paid the price. Can, can, I just, can I just plug it in? 1.3 million soldiers gave their life for the freedom. Millions more have never gotten over what they went through. Millions more are still living with it every day. Millions have been through things, as J.B. put it, seeing things that you can't unsee. Amen? Some of them brought it back and they're still. So, So there's been a great price paid. I want us to take time to thank God for this country. Charles Spurgeon, one more time. He says, we're in a wrong state of mind if we're not in a thankful state of mind. William Arthur Ward said, God gave us 86,400 seconds today. Have you used one of them to say thank you? I want to ask you if you could, if everybody was staying. And as many as can and will, I'm going to ask you if we could gather at the altar this morning and thank God for this country. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the salvation that he's given us. But I I want us to thank God for, for our freedom. Thank God for our salvation. Thank God that there is a July 4th Independence Day. Everybody doesn't have a July 4th. Everybody doesn't have an Independence Day. We can't take things for granted. So, I want us to take time to tell God, thank you for this country, but I also want us to ask God if we could to forgive this country. But we have done the unthinkable. We have murdered children at the altar of sacrifice and hidden behind little names like Planned Parenthood and tried to disguise it as, as well, what it is it's loss of life, it's murder. So we thank God for this country and ask him to forgive us as a country. Ask God to give us the strength as Christians to reach this nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ once again. Go ahead, guys.
1: When I've come with my agenda, I'm sorry. When I forgot that you're enough, take me back to where it started. holy moment I never want to leave thank you Lord oh, I'm not here for blessings Jesus you don't owe me anything but more
0: you real quick bow your heads close your eyes just for a minute right where you are if there's anybody that's never experienced the freedom that I'm talking about the freedom of Jesus Christ you don't want to miss it the free gift is no good unless you use it but the free gift is yours to reach out and take Father I'm a sinner it's not a complicated prayer it's not a poem it's just saying Father I love you I believe in you I believe in Jesus Christ and I know I'm a sinner and I'm just asking you to forgive me of my sins and save my soul in the name of Jesus Christ you surrender your heart to God and he's faithful and just to save your soul God thank you so much for being so good thank you for the freedom that we have in this country but God thank you most of all for the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ we love you God we thank you and we praise you in Jesus name amen